0: Thank you for listening to this talk, produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gloria Streslecki. I'm the Assistant Curator of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Art here at the Art Gallery of South Australia. Today is my first lunchtime talk of 2021. And let's hope we have many more, unlike 2020. Look, I'm coming off a migraine yesterday and coupled with the fact that I'm extremely superstitious and it's a Mercury retrograde, if my communication is foggy or muddled apologies in advance, I hope I can give you a very straightforward lunchtime talk today about these two fabulous objects here, these two woomeras that just entered the gallery's collection late last year. They're also our first painted Woomeras to enter the gallery's collection. Before I begin about these works, however, I do want to acknowledge that we gather here today on Ghana country. So, Agsa Ghana Yatanga Yuwandi. Agsa stands on Ghana country, and I pay my respects to elders past, present, and those emerging. So, where do we begin? I mentioned that these are the first two new acquisitions for the painted woomeras at the gallery. We do have one that is in Gallery 3B, that's a work by Albert Namajira, but it's on loan to us. These are by Oscar Namajira and Cordula Abaterinja. And what I thought I'd do today is I talk about the origins of the painted woomera, perhaps, and then I'll look at these examples when I reference what Albert Namajira was doing at the time because it always comes down to Albert Namajira, you've probably noticed. And so while we know a lot about his luminous watercolours and his influence on successive generations, he really was the first one who started to paint on the Woomera. So, in 1877, when the Lutheran missionaries settled in Nadaria, they named the site Hermannsburg after the mission or the seminary where they trained as Lutherans in Germany. However, this site was actually called Nadaria, and you'll notice that I say Nadaria, but when I refer to the mission, I'll say Hermannsburg mission. Geographically speaking, we're looking at about 125 kilometres westish from Alice Springs. So, if you are interested in the history of the Lutheran mission there, the Hermansburg mission, there's a fabulous book called uh, Batterby and Namajira by Martin Edmonds. And he talks about not only the artistic relationship between Batterby and Namajira but also their friendship, but locates the mission in Nadaria. I'm going to centre my talk more from the 1920s onwards, however, and maybe before I do that, I should explain what a woomera actually is. A woomera is a traditional artefact, a tool that was made and used by Aboriginal people. It is usually made from mulga wood, or acacia anura, as Lisa Slade taught me today. Her fabulous knowledge about plants and specimens always impresses me. And so these tools were often used as a spear thrower or to assist in throwing spears, but also their shape, their oval curved light shape, would assist in carrying objects But also was used as a form or a tool to help with making fire and also as a cutting implement. And this is because there is a little flint that is attached at the end of the or the verso side of the woomera. You'll have to get up close to have a look at that later. But this is attached with a spinifex resin or a kangaroo tendon and we're very lucky that these two have them still intact because some of them are missing their flints. The term woomera however is a term that has been broadly used for this type of artefact or object. The word woomera, apart from being a place in South Australia, is actually a word that is derived from the Eora people of the east coast of Australia. And much like the country and Aboriginal people, the word has been colonised to refer to Woomera's in general or spear throwers. The Pitinjara word for Woomera is miru. You might all remember from Tarnandi with the display of miru and spears. But the Aranda word is amiru. It's so a very similar sounding and I apologise if I haven't pronounced it as correctly because myself, I've been taught the word woomera as the word for a woomera. So we're all learning. The woomera is an interesting object in that it has been called a transitional artefact and for many of you familiar with the display in Gallery 2 where we have the lovely Barossa woodwork with some of the other uh, transitional shields, as we used to call them. Now, Darren Jorgenston is an art historian who wrote about that display in Gallery 2 and mentioned that the word transitional is not a correct term for these types of objects because rather they are transcultural, meaning that they don't assimilate to what we think is a Western view, They are the merging of two cultural or cultural expressions meeting. So we have the old meeting with the new to create an innovative and new cultural expression that still shows the deep connection to country but also the oldest living culture in the world. So there are really two moments in time that can pinpoint the origin of the painted Woomera and they do start around the mid-1920s and in 1926 Pastor Albrecht came to the Nadaria site, to the Hermansburg Mission and he came during the height of a drought and when he came he noticed that the Aranda people and the Lutherans we're very much in sync with each other still. So another, another point to mention is that a number of the pastors and Lutheran missionaries who arrived were taught the language by the Aranda people. However, also the Aranda people were taught the way of the Lord, so Christianity. Although Pastor Albrecht was a man who had great deep respect for Aboriginal spirituality, he couldn't reconcile how... Aboriginal spirituality or ways of life could coexist with Christianity. They couldn't work in unison. And I'm going to tell you a story that's very paraphrased, but there are a few books that talk about it, namely the Batterby and Namajira book, but also Ian McLean's book, Rattling Spears. With some of the elders who had already been baptised and were quite evangelical, we see Blind Moses, Chakabalta, one of these evangelical men, who was known as one of the first Aboriginal pastors. Together with Pastor Albrecht, decided to take the congregation one Sunday, rather than have a church sermon and communion, took them to a sacred site just a few kilometres outside of Nadaria. And it was decided that it would be God's law above tribal law. And Pastor Moses, Old Man Moses, delivered a sermon titled Christ or Churinga. Churinga or Christ. Now for those of you who don't know, a churinga is a sacred object. And these churingas were stored in this sacred site at this cave. A churinga is an oval shape, much like the Woomera. ...and is usually made from wood or stone that has been inscribed or engraved... ...with the genealogy or the stories or the law of the maker. And it is only privy to initiated men. Women, children or young boys who haven't gone through an initiation period... ...are not allowed to see these works. So the plan was to basically desanctify these objects... And this moment is very important because it's believed that a young Albert Namajira was in the crowd when this happened. He was probably about a teenager or a young adult at this point. So this desanctification is what the art historian Ian McLean, but also John Keane, suggest is a point where the Aboriginal ways come ahead with Christianity. And subsequently we see the iconography Aboriginal iconography merge or find a way within Christian values. I want you to have a look at these watercolours because while we're really learning a lot about them still, and I know they're from much later, I think 1948, these works are by Albert Namajira, and they're the first examples that we've seen of him painting the Elkanut or his mother's ancestral story. He paints the Yelkanat within the Kulamun, which is an oval shape again. I'd like you to remember that actually, that oval. But this oval shape is contained within paper. And it is at this point when the Turinga have been desanctified that we know that the European law is written on paper, in books, in the Bible. Whereas Aranda law is written in stone, on wood, on country. So we see here Albert much later almost bringing back that iconography onto paper. What's the second key moment that occurs where we could say the painted woman originates from? Well, the second point is the tourist market. And by 1920s, and this story will feature Pastor Albrecht again, he's in Adelaide for kidney stones and he witnesses Woomeras, spears and other Aboriginal artefacts being sold to tourists. This is nothing new, this market between objects, as Pastor Albrecht, when he was at the mission, in order to survive during a drought and before, they knew that they had to sell things to be self-sufficient. The men were already selling leather hides, tanning them, but also doing hot poker work or pyrography, drawing with fire on these hides. The women were creating linens to sell back in Adelaide. Pastor Albrecht witnessing the sale of objects also reminded him of the devotional plaques that existed in Europe, where the gospel or other proverbs or religious iconography were were engraved or rendered on wooden plaques, and these were featured in people's homes. Thinking back to this type of economy, Pastor Albrecht saw potential to sell these types of items back in Adelaide. And so the tourist gaze is ripe at this point. It reaches its sort of vantage point, I'd like to think. We know that Aboriginal artefacts and objects such as shields and so forth were looted and stolen from the very word go when European settlement occurred. But by 1890s, when Spencer and Gillen travelled through the centre, they write about the Churinga itself as an important cultural object. It's filled with awe and mystery because you, if you're initiated, you can only view it. So we see private collectors amass these types of objects for their private wunderkamers but also the institution, museums, and so forth, for their anthropological or scientific interests. By 1929, the Adelaide to Alice Spring rail line was completed as well. And by 1930, when the drought finally broke, we had the tourist routes begin to Nadaria. The pioneer coaches started their first scenic route to Nadaria via the Macdonald Ranges, stopping at Palm Valley and other sites. So while these objects seem like tourist curios perhaps, they're a little bit more than that. While yes, perhaps their origins start from these two points in time, it seems to be Albert's idea alone to paint on the Woomera. We know he was an artist before he met Rex Baderby. We know he sketched before he did this type of work and before he worked with poker work or mulga wood plaques. And it's Ian McLean and John Keane who suggest that perhaps it was Albert Namajira trying to emulate the Turinga in some form by bringing the painted landscape onto the Woomera. The two things that are very important and probably the most important to Western Aranda culture are ancestral country or the connection to ancestral country, but also the churinga. So this need to find a way of depicting those icons or the iconography found on the churinga might be something that Albert was thinking when he was creating such works. We may never know exactly exactly. We know that Albert was a practicing Christian but he somehow merged the two worlds together to create watercolours with their deep connection to country and also his painted woomeras. I do want to read you a quote from Pastor Albrecht's Hermansburg Mission Annual Report because we know from 1934 that the industry was booming. We noticed some of the natives had decidedly artistic inclinations, and as there is a fair growth of mulga on the reserve, we thought of commercialising this for poker work. The first pieces, where we used old engravings of Turingas as design, did not sell. But one of the natives started making freehand drawings of local animals, palms, etc., which appealed and sold well. We can assume he's referring to Albert Namajira as the native here. And please bear in mind, this is not language I would use right now, today. This is from an annual report. But in 1932, Albert Namajira was already known as the one who did the hot poker work. He was commissioned by Constable William McKinnon to create 12 Woomeras depicting. William McKinnon's patrol and service around the area. So, perhaps I should go back to these Woomera's and let's think of that oval that I talked about here with the Koolamon. We know that the Woomera has a shape also very much like the Koolamon, like the Turinga, so the oval is prevalent within Western Aranda culture. But what I'd like to draw your attention to is the fact that even the artists paint within an oval. They delineate the pictorial space within that oval and Cordula of actually has delineated that space with a thick black outline. So there is this type of doubling or mimicry that occurs perhaps. Both of these artists have depicted Mount Sonder or Rajipma which was Albert Namajira's ancestral country from his father's side. And Oscar Namajira was the second son of Albert's, so he would have shared his ancestral country, being his father, to Oscar. Whereas Cordula Abaterinja is known as one of the first women in that first generation of artists who painted alongside or were taught by Albert Namajira. She was also the wife of Walter Abateringer, who was the nephew of Albert, and he was taught watercolour by Albert himself. So while we can see that there is an influence between watercolour paintings and the sharing of knowledge there, it is highly likely that of course, witnessing what Albert was doing, he would have shared with Walter and Cordula indirectly, and his son, Oscar, the painting on the Woomera. As I probably close up some of those thoughts, I think it's interesting the way um, we've got these here in dialogue to not only the watercolours, but if we look at the Papunya boards, there's probably a bigger story around those there, and John Keane does talk about them a little bit. But there's that influence between Albert Namajira, obviously we know he was at Papunya later in his life, but also if you look to the last painting right at the end, you see that oval shape again, that chiringa shape coming through all of these works. So I might leave you with that thought. On closing also, and probably not as direct to these woomeras, I do want to draw your attention to these wonderful watercolours that flank the whole display. They're by Kumanjai Panka. And unfortunately, Mrs Panker passed away last year. And I want to talk about her work because she was a senior woman who continued to share the painting tradition and style that, was, that the Hermansburg School was known for. But she also was a very strong advocate in bringing back the copyright to the Namadura family. And she's really well known for these subtle depictions of her country as well, for this very soft, luminous, pastely palette. So when you're looking at the Woomera's later, I do encourage you to have a look at Kumanjai Panka's work as well. Well, hopefully I've been somewhat clear in my hazy brain today. Thank you for being here today with me, Nachalia.